Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we have been going through the letter to the Galatians and Basically, we've entitled the series Accepted. And, and there's a reason why I've used that title, because I want you to understand that you and I are accepted by God. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not because of you. Because if you think about you, you think about your failures. And the older you get, the more failures you have. Am I right in saying that? The more regret, the more shame that you carry, the more I wish that enters into your mind. I wish I'd done this, or I wish I didn't do this, and I wish I hadn't have made that mistake. Those, those enter your mind, and, and you think somewhere along the line, that God sees you the way that you see yourself sometimes. But God doesn't see you that way. If you have come to him by faith, you are accepted, not because of you, but because of Jesus. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is realizing what he did for you and accepting it by faith, realizing who he is, what he did for you, and accepting it by faith. Now the problem is, the problem is for a lot of us, we understand salvation comes by faith, but then we look at the Christian life that he gives us, the new life that he gives us, and we then start heading in a wrong direction because we've got so many people telling us that we need to do things, they're either on TV, even in our churches, and we lose sight of the fact that we're accepted. And when we lose sight of the fact that we're accepted, we forget how to experience grace in our lives day by day. Because he gives us grace day by day. And that's what Paul's been talking about in this letter. He's writing the Galatians because he was just there. He helped establish the church. He led them to Jesus. He leaves, and then all of a sudden they start getting to... They were deceived by others who came along and told them, you know, that faith in Jesus thing is good, but you need to do this. You need to do this in order to be a good Christian, to be accepted. And so he wrote this letter. So now we've come to chapter 3, and he's been talking to them about living by faith. Now he's going to help them to understand a little bit about that it's salvation by faith. Grace in your life is because of faith, not because of effort. And to help you to understand that, he's going to spend the first part of what we're looking at today, asking questions, challenging his readers, challenging the Galatians, I would say challenging you and I, as far as where you're at in your Christian life. So we're going to look at verses 1 to 9, and we're going to look at what he wants us to see about salvation by faith. I hope it speaks to you. Look at how he starts out, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you 
as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you are now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at verses 1 to 5 and we're going to see the challenge. There's four things, four questions that come out of this that you're going to ask yourself. I'm going to ask myself, you're going to ask yourself. And then we're going to look at verses 6 through 9, what it means to be children of faith. Now we understand children of faith, that's being a believer, right? But he's going to tell us what it is. But first we need to be challenged. So here's the questions. I want you to notice with me, verse 1, look at what he says. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed among you as crucified? Here's what he's saying. First thing, who has distracted you from living the new life in Christ? Who has distracted you? That's the first question you're going to have to wrestle with. Who has distracted you? Now, I think it's interesting. Look at how he begins. He tells them they're what? Foolish. What does that imply? They're not a fool, but you ever told somebody you're being foolish in doing something? You know that if they do that, the outcome's not going to be good. And you just don't want to come right out and, and just bland blaze them. You're just saying, oh, you're being foolish doing that. That's because they're not thinking about what they're doing. And then he says to them, who has bewitched you? Does anybody understand that term, bewitched you? It gives the implication that somebody has pulled the wool over their eyes. Somebody has deluded them. Somebody has deceived them into a line of thinking that's not good. And so this is what he's saying to them. He's saying to them, somebody has come along and distracted you from living the life that you have in Jesus now. Now, what's that life? We talked about it last week. It's living by faith. What do you mean? It's living by faith that your acceptance with God is what? by what he has done for you with Jesus, rather than by what you have done. Because if you try to live by the law, remember he already told you, all it proves is what? You're a what, folks? A sinner. You try to live by the law, all it's proving is what? That you're a sinner. He's trying to get you to understand that when you go into a church or you go into a mindset that says, well, I need to make sure I do my devotions every day and I need to make sure that I go to church or I need to make sure that I give and I need to make sure that I serve. 
in order to be accepted by the Lord, in order to have his blessing or have him show favor to me, you're being deceived. Now let me just stop for a moment because I have to qualify that because somebody will say, well, shouldn't they come to church, George? Yes, you should come to church, but you come to church not for acceptance with God, but because of acceptance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Shouldn't you give? Yes, you you give not because you have to give. Paul even says that, not by compulsion, but giving is a grace, he says in 1 Corinthians. You give because of the acceptance. You serve others, not because you're trying to get something from God, but because he already loves and accepts you. And you're doing it out of what? Love. See, we've got it so reversed in our minds. Obedience is a result of the acceptance, not for acceptance. And somebody has deceived us. So who's distracted you in your life? Is it some well-meaning Christian at work? Is it a family member? Is it something somebody told you years ago? You'd be surprised how many people are living their Christian life not based upon what God tells them in their word, but because of somebody else. And it actually distracts them from what God is really wanting to do in their lives. Okay? First question. Let's look at the second thing he says to us here. Second thing, we find it, verse 2. Look at verse 2. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Here's the second question. You've got to ask yourself, did you receive the Holy Spirit by faith or effort? Okay, so everybody recognize the moment you got saved, who entered into your life? The Holy Spirit did, right? Is he with you always? Yeah, until you go to be with Jesus, right? He's your guarantee. He is your seal of the salvation that you have received. Now, Paul is trying to get you to understand, how did you receive him? By the stuff you did? Or by what? Yeah, by grace, by your faith in Jesus. Do you understand? That's the, that's the issue here. You receive the empowerment of God through the Holy Spirit in your life, the one who's always with you, guiding you, directing you, convicting you of sin. He's there with you forever, not because of you, but because of who, folks? Because of Jesus and what he did for you and that you accepted what he did by faith. Not by your efforts. Do you understand? You can't do anything to receive him. It's a gift. It comes through what? Faith. Isn't that what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says? For by faith are we saved, not of works lest any man should boast. And so the evidence of that salvation, folks, the evidence of the salvation that you have in your life is who lives within you? The Spirit of God. So, so get that, get that right. So in your mind, think about it, okay? I give, but I don't give to ensure that the Spirit of God works in my life. I give because the Spirit of God works in my life. Do you understand? There's a difference. Look at the third question now. Look with me. Verses three and four. Are you so foolish? Again, he's, 
trying to point out to them they're wrong in their thinking. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you are now being perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? He's talking about spiritual maturity here. He's talking about spiritual maturity. And you, to be honest with you, suffering is a part of the maturity process. How do you know that? Go to James. Just real quick, let me read it to you. James chapter 1, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So he's talking about spiritual maturity here. All right, so what's the point? Are you trying to achieve spiritual maturity by effort or by faith? That's the whole point he's making here. Is these are interesting questions, aren't they? They're trying to get you to think about why you're doing what you're doing. It's really getting down to that, isn't it? Why are you doing what you're doing? Is it so that you can gain acceptance with God? Or is it because you already are accepted? Is it by your effort? Let's be honest. Spiritual maturity doesn't come through effort, does it? You know, I've been a believer now 35 years. It'll be 35 years in April. I've met a lot of Christians through the years in the two churches I've pastored, in other churches that I've attended. And I've met people who have, quote, been a Christian for a long time, and they do all the right things, but some of them are some of the most immature spiritually I've ever met. What does that tell you? You don't gain spiritual maturity by just doing the right stuff. Do you understand me? It doesn't come that way. Spiritual maturity comes by what? Living by faith. Because listen, isn't spiritual maturity nothing more than understanding and trusting Jesus more in your life? Isn't that what it is? Spiritual maturity is nothing more than having a greater understanding of the living God working in your life and trusting him. Because if you notice, the spiritually mature are able to handle things that the immature are not able. How's that possible? Because they're doing all the right stuff? No, it's because they've learned to trust Jesus more through time. Do you understand? They've learned to trust Jesus more. And listen, can I explain something to you? Spiritual maturity is not being able to answer Bible questions. Spiritual maturity is how long have you been walking with Jesus? And how deep is your relationship with him? Do you understand? And that doesn't come through effort, folks. This is what he's asking. Are you trying to achieve spiritual maturity by your effort or by faith? You've got to ask yourself that question. One final question he's going to raise to us here. Look with me at verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by works of the law or by hearing of faith? This is an important question because I can almost guarantee you, like myself, you have fallen trap to this lie. Here's the question. Does effort or faith result in the work of God in your life? Does effort or faith result in the work of God in our life? 
Wow. What is that talking about, George? Well, let me ask you a question. Some of you right now, you need God to show up in your life and do something. Maybe you're facing a financial issue. Maybe you're facing a physical issue in the sense of your health or something or the health of a loved one. Maybe you're facing a relationship issue. Maybe it's in your marriage or with a child or maybe it's with some friends or maybe it's something going on at work. But all you know right now is, is you need God to show up in your life and take care of it. Can we relate to that? You ever been there? I'm there many times, sometimes multiple times in a day. Now here's what happens. You begin to think, well, maybe I need to show up at church more. Maybe I need to give more. Maybe I need to volunteer more. Maybe I should read my Bible more. Wow, George just told me about the daily bread. I'll start doing that. And the whole reason why you're doing that is because you want to get God's attention. And you're hoping that by your effort, he'll give you his attention in your favor and help you with your problem. I see it all the time. I see people who show up to church and they show up for a while because they're looking for something from God and then either they'll get it or they don't get it, but usually the result is the same. They usually end up quit coming because he didn't do it for them or, quote, it worked. I'll be back the next time I need him. See, this is what the question is. Does effort or faith result in the work of God of your life? Can I tell you, folks, that is wrong thinking. Why? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I bless my kids in my household. Lori and I bless our kids in our household because we love them, not because they take the garbage out not because they clean up their rooms, not because they get good grades. Did you understand what I'm saying? We bless our kids. You bless your kids because you what, folks? Love them, right? Why do we get this concept that the God who saved us by faith, not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus, now shows favor to you because you did enough of the right stuff, which by the way, you don't even know what enough of the right stuff is because nobody tells you what the enough of the right stuff is. You're trying to figure it out. Did you understand what I'm saying? You see the trap we're in? God does the work of God in your life by answering your prayers, by blessing you, by being there, by giving you strength and wisdom because of what? Faith. Not because of your effort. And I can tell you right now, when he calls the Galatians foolish, he's called George foolish. Because I've been foolish, folks, by thinking this way. Because that's not what salvation is. Right? Isn't it good that we're reminded? See, these challenges that he's given us, these four questions, isn't that for you? Isn't that for me? to wake us up out of some delusion we've put ourselves into? Do you understand? This is the issue. Does effort or faith result in the work of God in your life? The answer is a big fat what, folks? 
Effort? No. Faith? Yes. So then he gets to the whole issue about what it truly means to be a child of God. Because I'll be honest with you, when you come by faith, Jesus tells you that you become, John chapter 3, the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God. Here's what I want you to see. Look with me, children of faith. First of all, he tells us right off the bat, because remember, it's the Jews who are coming along and deceiving them about being circumcised because that's what Abraham instituted. And if you're going to be a child of God, you need to be circumcised. But he comes along and points out to them, look at verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Here's what he says. Abraham shows us that righteousness is the result of faith. Righteousness, what is that? That's making yourself perfect before God. And it's not by what you do, folks. You are perfect before God because of your what? Faith. Faith in who? Jesus and what he did for you to make you perfect. Do you understand? Because you can't do it right. What do you mean you can't do it right? Well, you know what? Even the nice stuff you, I do. You know, sometimes I do nice stuff. Even the nice stuff I do, you don't really know if it's really nice. It looks nice, smells nice, but you don't really know that it's nice. Why? Because you don't know what's going on in my heart. And I may be being nice for all the wrong reasons, right? And so the nice things I do may actually be, and a lot of times they are, corrupted. Now you're going to start thinking every time I do something, is it corrupted, George? It's a good thing to think about, isn't it? But that's the whole point. The whole point is, it's not by what you do. Your acceptance with God is because you are righteous. Why are you righteous? Not because of what you've done. It's because of what who has done. Who has done it? Jesus has done. And it's by what? Faith. That's what Abraham, Abraham was declared righteous not because he was circumcised. Abraham, it says very clearly in Genesis, was declared righteous because he had faith in who? God. You understand? God. Look at the second thing he wants you to see here about children of faith. Look at verse 7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. So the Jews were coming along and saying, you know, we keep the law, we're the sons of Abraham. No, 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 he's saying only the children of faith are the sons of Abraham. What is he saying? Believers become the spiritual children of Abraham through faith. You become the children of God, the people of God, not through your efforts, but by your faith. Faith in who? Not yourself. Faith in Jesus. Did you understand? Faith in Jesus and what he's done for you. One other thing here. I want you to notice with me. Third thing. Look at verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. What's he saying here? Your faith in salvation were prophesied to Abraham long ago. Listen, folks, 
4,000, over 4,000 years ago, God made the plan clear that acceptance with him was going to come through Abraham. Who would ultimately come from Abraham? Jesus. And that through Abraham, because of his example of righteousness by faith, you and I, the Gentiles, unless you're Jewish here, folks, you're a Gentile, who had no hope of salvation before. But because of Jesus, we now have that. Not because of ourselves, but because of who? Jesus. And by that same righteousness by faith that Abraham experienced, you too would experience this. And here's what he said. God told us long ago that's the way it would be. So who are you going to accept? What God told us long ago was the way to acceptance by faith? Or what somebody else told you? So then he tells us something amazing. Look with me, verse 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. What do you mean blessed with believing Abraham? Well, here's my final point I want you to see about being a child of faith, okay? All right? Because of faith, you will share in the promises to Abraham. What promises? Well, you remember the promise that God gave to Abraham? He told him to look to the north, Look to the south, look to the east, to the west. As far as you can see this, I will give you this land. He made wonderful promises to Abraham about what it will be like one day for him. And the blessings of Abraham. And do you realize that you, little old you and little old me, by faith, will one day share in those very same promises. And can I tell you why you'll share with them? It's because you had faith in Jesus and you live by faith. It's not because you did the right stuff or because you didn't screw up whatever the amount is that you're not allowed to screw up. First of all, nobody knows what that is, right? I hope I never find out because I probably have blown it that many times. I think God is gracious because he's not telling us because it's not the issue. The issue is whether or not you have what, folks? Faith! Isn't it interesting? The guy who's telling you this, the apostle had much forgiven. He persecuted the church. That means he killed believers. He's a murderer. He's trying to tell you that acceptance with Jesus isn't the basis of what you do. It is what? Faith. And those who have faith, because of faith, you'll share in the promises. Look, when you go to be with Jesus in heaven, you go to be with him. One day you're going to go to be with him and you don't know when that is. He'll either come for you or, or you're going to go to be with him. You'll share in the blessings of Abraham, not because, wow, your rap sheet looks good. But because you have what? 
Faith. Faith! Isn't that awesome? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.